0: Welcome Browns backers, I'm Chuck Campisi joined by Tony Dick and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the grounds crew in 91, worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> he rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37? 37! Uh, And between Tony and I, we've probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe... Hey, Browns backers. Welcome to Believe in the Browns with Chuck Campisi and Tony Dick. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can find us at Browns Believe. That's Browns, B-L-E-A-V, or at Believe Podcast. That's at B-L-E-A-V podcasts. The NBA and college basketball are back. The NFL and college football playoffs are right around the corner. With all of these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship or someone to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, you need to go to betonline.ag. Tony, Uh, I don't know if we should even count Week 16, given that we made our predictions prior to the entire Browns receiving core and half of their offensive line uh, being declared out for the game. However, I would probably admit that I probably would still have taken the Browns. I don't know if I would have given 10 points. We'll call it a wash, but I'll call it anyway. You took the under. Smart move. I would have as well, but I said I was going to take the over because that's what I said earlier in the season. Even if you take the goose egg for me, the one and two for you in week 16, I am 27 and 18 up on the season. You are 25 and 20. So if you've been following us this week aside, you have been winning. So from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino, it never closes. So head to Bet Online. AG today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Tony, a disappointing week all around for the Browns against the Jets. The Jets, who had won one game uh, and apparently are uh, hot now and on a two-game winning streak, Take the Browns down twenty-three to sixteen before we get to the biggest game of Week Seventeen, of which the Browns are playing a part. What are your thoughts on the Jets game this past Sunday?
1: Well, let me take a deep breath here. Uh, they, I, I think the biggest thing that came out of that game, other than the fact that um, you, you know our our playoff chances were. Kind of put into jeopardy when they didn't need to be. It's just, I think what was exposed is the maturity level still of this team and the coaching. You know, we, we still, I guess we have to take a deep breath and remember that the maturity level I'll get to, but the the, the coach, he's still, Kevin is still a first year coach, still kind of learning some things, gonna make some mistakes. So, I mean, that, there's gonna be growing pains. The, you, you know, that, you, you just you're gonna have it I mean you, you, I look at coaches that are seasoned coaches that um you, you know make boneheaded calls at, at times when they shouldn't but um I mean we've seen a couple <laughs> Super Bowls we've seen um you know up close so you're talking about made it all the way to the Super Bowl and then all of a sudden the coach decides um you know he wants to play genius and, and they screw things up and, and, I, and I think what, what I'm alluding to there is that I'm not sure who made the call for for Baker to run the ball on the on the fourth and one, um, but I think that's a perfect example of just you know people trying to get too cute and just not sticking to the basics, and as a result, um, you know you end up losing the game. I, I mean that I, I don't want to say that one play ultimately cost us, but I have to believe that um, if we had gotten the first down at the very least we would have had an attempt uh, to tie it up. With, that was just kind of – I thought that play calling – I thought when we were still passing the ball um, in the fourth quarter, I thought that was awful. Um, the fact that we passed the ball 50 times in the game I thought was awful. Um, that game should have been nothing more than running the ball and throwing to the tight end.
0: I, I would agree with you a little bit on the on the 53 passes uh, to a certain extent. But I mean, even when they did run the ball, I mean, and you can say this that, oh, well, you got to keep pounding it and keep pounding it. Well, if you're not getting first downs, you're not able to keep pounding it. 18 times for 45 yards, that's not doing anybody any good. I mean, you're you're not even getting, you know, eight yards per drive if, if that's your average yards per carry. Four yards in the first half on nine carries. I get that the idea is to go in, I, I said it. Pre-game, you know, last week that they should go in and they should just steamroll these guys and it should be rush, 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 rush. But when you're missing Teller, you're missing Wills. And, and yes, I understand that that hurts the pass blocking as well. But I agree with you. It should have been the the quick outs to the tight end just over and over and over and over and again. And they did that a little bit when you're looking at Hooper had seven catches and, 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 you know, Brian only having three is a little strange, but Jamarcus Bradley, who I don't know anyone could have named uh, prior to this game, having five catches, they were doing okay through the air. But I think part of it was, you know, you still have to get the first downs, like I said, and they were third and nine, eight times during this game. So they weren't moving the ball, yeah. whether it was on the ground or, you know, so, so that's the thing is, is you got to do something. And, and I agree it, 53 times seems a little obsessive, but the way the game was just playing out from a running back standpoint, Chubb and Hunt just did not have it going. And so you had to do something and, and Baker did not perform as he should have taking four sacks turning the ball over you know multiple times and yeah some of the play calling I will agree was a little suspect but again as Stefanski said when you have guys that you're calling up literally the day your team is flying to play the game and you have to have a walkthrough in the parking lot before the game you can't really do much to adjust the game plan at that point and and that's that's the thing I'll give them a little bit of a pass I guess I give Baker a slight pass for this game, but not significant because those fumbles have nothing to do with the game plan. That is just you being sloppy, taking care of the ball. If they had been interceptions, I'd almost be more forgiving of those because you could say, hey, you know what? You're playing with fifth, sixth, and seventh string receivers considering your top four are out. And really, if you want to say your top five are out because OBJ is already out, I would have given him in the past, but with the fumbles, not so much. Play calling, I'll give a little bit of a pass. One
1: thing, the play calling, and 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 maybe it's just me, but if I think if you go back through and you listen to all three times that he that he uh, decided that he was going to carry the ball and he fumbled uh, the the sneaks, if you look at those those three plays and listen, you can hear him like he identify does all the things he normally does, like he'll identify the mic, do all that stuff. But he's calling the same. It was all the same call. So I don't. I don't. I don't know. I, I guess you'd have to ask him. I don't know if he audibled into that or not. But when he went for that third uh, sneak and he was running, the minute he called the play at the line, like I knew he was going to run the ball, and I'm <laughs> sitting at home. So I, I got to imagine they knew he was going to run the ball, and. Um, you know, I just, that that part I don't get. It's like, what, you're not going to switch up that call at the line at all? Like, I mean, all you got to do is go in the huddle instead of, you know, and tell the guys, hey, instead of yelling, Peter, 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 I'm going to yell something else. But he went up, and if you watch, he goes through his progression, and it's the same call every single time. That bothers me a little bit. And I, I love, you know, my favorite, not just for the Browns, but for any team, is when somebody performs – uh, as poorly as Baker performed in that that fourth quarter, and then they come back to the media and say, "Well, th- hey, that's on me. That that's on." It's like, well, of course it's on you. Like, who else was going to take the blame for that? <laughs> uh, I, obviously, it was on you. But I mean, you, you know, and, and some people say that's a sign of of maturity because he's taking ownership for his mistakes. I'll give him credit for taking ownership for his mistakes, but at some point. This is year three. Like at some point, you 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 stop making mistakes and you start you start doing the right things. And I just it blows me away when you know. I, and I don't know. Like I said, I'm not I'm not here to you know. We're not just going to keep pointing fingers at them and you know, hey, you suck and you know whatever. At some point, though if we're going to become a winning team, we have to stop accepting excuses and just start doing things right and holding onto the ball on a fourth and one. It, it's the most important thing to do. I mean, one, you hold onto the ball two, you get your one yard. Uh, I mean, I just, I don't know. So for me, that—I and I hate to put it all on him because there's a lot of things that went wrong. But when you talk about these receivers, um, you know, getting called up the day of the game, you know, he's still—if you look at the film—is overthrowing guys, like sailing balls over their head, throwing balls behind them, um, not leading guys. I, you know, and like I, you know, you can put that on. Hey, they don't have the right chemistry or whatever. But at some point, like you're being paid to put the ball in people's hands, and and you're being paid not to fumble the ball. And I don't know, I don't want to pin it all on Baker, but I, I think I just did. It was so. a
0: performance of a team that has has largely outstripped their their play this year right I mean they they should not necessarily be a 10 and 5 team but they are so we're taking that (laughs) you know you can't take that away the question is they've beaten two winning teams this year the Pittsburgh Steelers have beaten five winning teams this year and now it comes down to this for the Browns if you win you're in if you can beat Pittsburgh You are in. However, for Pittsburgh, this game still matters because the Bills do play the Dolphins. Dolphins who are also in a win-and-get-in game. Whereas Buffalo and Pittsburgh are both playing for that two-seed, trying to avoid playing Kansas City in the second round. What do you think is going to happen? What are the challenges the Browns are facing? What are the advantages they may have against this Steelers team in Cleveland On Sunday, tickets going for, you know, $250 for the average ticket for Sunday's game. Every Browns fan that can wants to be there. Tony, what's going to happen?
1: With with the Steelers coming in here, I've heard a couple different uh, scenarios. You know, the one is uh, they're in, they're all just going to sit down and, you know, What they're going to let us, they're going to let us win the game. They're not going to worry about when. I don't see that happening. I, I, you know, with Pittsburgh and with Mike Tomlin, he's smart enough to know that they have they they have clinched the North, but they have been playing absolutely terrible for the last five six weeks. I mean, they've been on a decline. And that decline continued all the way through the first half of their game uh, against Indianapolis. I mean, they were getting railed going into halftime. Now they came out in the second half, started to put it together. First three quarters, yeah. Started moving the ball, and I have a I have a feeling that that team, because they do have a veteran coach and they do have a mature, you know, veteran core to that team, they are going to want to use this game as a tune up for the playoffs. They're not looking to sit, you know, I I don't see Ben Roethlisberger coming out in, you know, a bathrobe and a, in a lawn chair and watching this game. Um, I think they're going to want to come in and build on what they were able to do at the end of the Indianapolis game and, and see if they can start getting their shit together. Because I I mean, the reality for them is they've won the North, but, but you got to believe that they're, they're scared about going into this playoff and and not being ready, you know, to roll, not not having, you know, all their guns firing. And um, I, I see them coming into this game with something to prove, you know, because that's the other thing too. Um, you, you know, they don't want to split with, with Cleveland. I mean, they want to prove that they are the champions of the North, that they are the team to beat. And I don't see them – I don't see any scenario where they just walk in here and um, just lay down for us. It's not going to happen. So if the Browns are going to win this game, and we got to come out, we got to be prepared, got to be ready to roll, and and it can't, it can't be talk. I mean, we're we're past the point of talk. We have to start doing things correctly, Um, and, and, and we're past the point where we can say, hey, if we make mistakes, we can correct them next week. Like this is it there's no next week to correct any mistakes that we make in this game. Um, we we, if, if we either do it right or we're done, and that's um, that's a bad place to be in for a team. I think that is this immature and with a coaching staff that this that is this new at the game.
0: Yeah, and I would agree. I mean, I think that's the biggest problem is this Browns team. Or are they going to be able to step up? Or are they going to be able to do it? And and you're playing against the team that is is ready and coming in I I think hopefully that that fourth quarter for Pittsburgh seems like an aberration over the past three and a half weeks or three and two-thirds or three-quarters weeks however you want to look at it you know the game against Washington the game against Buffalo the game against the Bengals and realistically those first three quarters against the Colts is one good quarter saying that everything now is is back to the way it was for the first 11 weeks. I don't know. I think this team is really beat up, and I don't know if one quarter makes everything better. So I'm hoping that you're going to see the Steelers team, that was pretty much the Washington football team, the Bills, the Bengals, the first three quarters of the Colts, come in here against the Browns, and that, you know, that one 15-minute stretch is not the balm that – fixes every thing for the squad so I think the Browns really do have a chance I do think they need to get Teller and Wills back even more so than anybody on the receiving core and since nobody has tested positive for COVID since the incident this past weekend then I'm going to say they're going to be back for Sunday the Browns are going to come in they're going to do what they need to do. They're going to execute. And I understand. I think Tomlin is, again, a guy I worked with and a guy I think is one of the best coaches in the NFL. I just think his team is beat up. And I don't think there's anything you can do when they have played 16 games in a row without a buy, essentially, because of the way their schedule fell with some of the early season COVID issues. And I am more than happy to take advantage of that as a Browns fan. I think this team's going to be hyped up. I think they're going to be ready, but I still think Stefanski can keep them on an even keel. And I think last week's disappointment might aid them a little bit. If, if I'm trying to look at, you know, silver lining, rose colored glasses, however you want to say it, and that the Browns come in and they really stick it to this Steelers team. And it's going to be a close game, but I think, I would probably pick the Browns to win it at this point, just because of them getting their guys back and, and being able to take advantage of a Steelers team that just does still seem out of sync on offense that hopefully won't be able to hurt this Browns defense too bad.
1: As you say, I I think even if we get our, even if we get all of our wide receivers back and, and it looks like we'll have everybody, we'll have a full squad. Um, you know, the other thing, too, is just our our defense and, and special teams cannot let us down in this game, even if, even if Pittsburgh's looking to just lay down. I mean, it, if they're looking to lay down, that's fine. But you're still going to have to put up points, and you're still going to have to keep them from scoring. And um, I, I think our defense uh, this week, I, I mean, our secondary, everybody's talking about how we, oh, you know, we had a couple linebackers. Um, you know, got pulled at the last minute. There wasn't linebackers covering their wide receivers that were wide open or not covering their wide receivers that were wide open. And special teams, (laughs) uh, you know, I I don't know if the weather was a factor, wind was a factor. I wasn't in the stadium. But, man, you can't be missing extra points. I I mean, I'll I'll give our special teams, obviously, kudos. You know, they had two blocked, you know, kicks themselves. But, I I mean – the defense was just atrocious, and and that's got to be cleaned up. I, I mean, because here is the thing: if our defense plays as poorly as they played against the Jets, it, they're going to score touchdowns on us, even if they aren't trying to win the game. I, I mean, that that's how bad we played. I, I, I mean, they, they were just <laughs> secondary was just awful. You can't have guys running free down the field with nobody within fifteen, you know, fifteen yards of them. That that. That can't happen, and um, I I get that even our secondary has been banged up, and we've had guys that haven't played, but my God, man, this is the last week of the season. Like, if we haven't figured that out by now, um, when are we going to figure it out?
0: going to be tough here. So, Tony, here's what we have. We have the Browns and the Steelers going head-to-head. We don't have any uh, over-under line at the moment. At, at, at several sports books so we we'll might have to you know type in later this week what our picks are on that however the browns are minus 7 so steelers plus 7 in cleveland week 17 who do you got straight up and who do you got against the spread i i'm going to go ahead
1: and, and i'm going to go pittsburgh i don't care what the points are i think they're they're going to cover and I will go with the I haven't checked the weather. Um I I, I'll I'm gonna go with the under again. I don't think it's gonna be a shootout. Whatever it is, I'll go with the under whatever it
0: is, you're taking the under. Okay. I'll probably agree with you on that one. I would take I'm gonna take the Browns to win, but I'm gonna take the Steelers to cover. Gotta go with the Browns on this one. And then seven points though seems a lot. To me, so I will go with the Steelers plus seven to cover. Any final thoughts, Tony, for this week or or last week before we say adios to our Browns backers and let them enjoy their New Year's?
1: Well, just the the one thing I I, I guess I, I I'd like to mention. It. I I would have thought that a certain um you know there'd be a certain website out there would have had an article on it uh, this week, but apparently they were too busy. Uh, Focusing on their their current squad, but um, you, you know, every year when we get around Christmas, um, you, you know, I think about those old teams in in the in the uh, 40s and 50s um, that were winning championships, and um, you know, the the 23rd of this year marked the um, 70th anniversary of our first NFL championship, um, and I just think of that team. And just how that team handled its business, and I and I don't want to compare Stefanski to uh, to Paul Brown, but but you know I I asked the question of all of my Browns friends out there after the game, uh, and I said it's fourth and one, you know fourth down you need one yard in in 1950, who's going to run the ball? And and, and I would say 1950 is probably the one year where I think you could go either way and you'd be fine. Cause Otto was a hell of an athlete, but, but even that, I think he's still handing the ball off to Marion Motley in 1964. I don't think Frank Ryan's taking the ball. If they need one yard, I think he'll hand it off to Jim. I mean, Brian Seip, same thing. And, in you know, I hate to say it, but Brian's about the same size as Baker Mayfield. Um, I'm pretty sure he would have handed it off to Mike Pruitt or Greg Pruitt in the seventies. And in the eighties, obviously Bernie, a not no <laughs> running skills, um, but it would have, and I just, you know, that's the one thing I think I would like to emphasize is that we talk about the, the need to have a, a great uh, coach, an amazing mind, et cetera, et cetera. But if you look at those things as they play out and you look at the coaches, you know, that are there, you got Paul, you got Blanton Collier, you got Sam Artigliano, um Marty Schottenheimer. It, the, the, the game is not that difficult. It really isn't. When you boil it down, it's not that difficult. And I think where it becomes difficult is when people try to prove that they are somehow smarter than everyone else in the room instead of just sticking to the basics and just doing what needs to be done to win the game. Just stick to the basics and do what you need to do. And and I think if the Browns want to win this game against the Steelers, They've got to do the basic stuff right. I mean, they've got to establish the run. They've got to use their tight ends. They got to spread the ball out to their wide receivers. They got to give Baker time um, on defense. They have to stop the run. You have to stay within at least two yards of the wide receivers. Um, you, you know, try to try that. See if see how that works. And and you got to on special teams you got to make extra points at the very least make the extra points. The field goals. I don't know where you're kicking it from, but the extra points we know every time where you're kicking it from, you've got to be able to make those. Um, Cause I, I don't want to beat up Parky, but I mean, come on. I, I mean, that stuff, that stuff's huge. Uh, I mean, you have to, you have to have the ability to make the extra points or it's going to come back and haunt you at some, at some point in time. So um, I don't know. That, that, that's just for me going into this game, that's the one thing. If I could be in the room and, and, and talk to the guys and talk to the coach before the game, it's just what I would tell them, man. I, all week this week, we need to just stick to the basics because if we can't do the basics, whether Pittsburgh comes in here wanting to win or not or trying to win or not, we're not going to win. I, I mean, if, if we can't do those little things, this, this Pittsburgh team, as bad as they've been struggling, they, they are a team that will take advantage of that stuff. And um, it could get ugly quick if, if, if you don't contain any of that stuff. So I, I don't know. Those
0: are my thoughts. They'll be ready this week. I believe having your receiving core back and having your offensive line back will produce a different Browns team. And that's what I'm hoping for. Got to have a little positivity heading into 2021 and the first game of 2021 for this Browns team and the Steelers team on uh, January 3rd at First Energy Stadium. So that's all we have for you, folks. Remember, head down over to betonline.ag, get your picks in. Tony and I gave you ours. We're doing pretty well this season, so you might want to follow along. But that's all we have for your Browns backers. We'll be talking to you next week about our wild card game as we head into the playoffs at 11 and 5, and fresh off a victory over the vaunted Pittsburgh Steelers. Chub Chuck.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.